Hello everyone, it's the DM here. Just so you know, this episode actually contains visual aid to follow along with a significant part of this session. If you'd like to follow along and look at the images, you may do so on YouTube, on Discord, or on Patreon. All of those are the options where you can find those images hosted. We hope to see you there, but just so you know, it is not required. There are descriptions, so you do not need to rely on the images. However, they may enhance your experience. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Calyrex Game Corner's Pokemon D&D campaign, featuring Cindy, a young vagabond from the Hoenn region with pyromaniac tendencies, Gimli, a stocky, burly miner from Sinnoh looking for his lost son, Elodie, an enthusiastic foodie and baker from Kalos, and Schmidt, an enigmatic man from Johto with a duck. My name is Rich, and I'm the Game Master, and this is Dunsparce and Drampa. Currently, as of right now, the Quacko Paco are in Meteor Falls. They are at Draconid Village, which is now mostly in ruins. There's a few standing buildings. There's a few people wandering around. There's uh, some trainers trying to help out with the elders, trying to get everyone to safety. There's a couple of blankets that are being draped over two individuals who have sadly perished. And the sun is rising through the holes in the ceilings in the walls. You can hear the faint sound of the ocean beyond the cliffs to the north, and it's about, like, 5 a.m. Uh, we are not in initiative, and let's see what the Quacko Paco decides to do. I don't want to do anything before we just jump straight into it. <laughs> we healing ourselves and our Pokemon, and... Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. That is... Maybe taking a nap, since it's 5 a.m. and we stayed up all night fighting... That is certainly an option. You may do any of those things. Uh, Note that there is no, or there's very limited technology. There's no conventional healing methods. Uh, A short rest will grant you and your party Pokemon a certain dice amount of healing. A long rest, which would just be you sleeping until like afternoon. You could fully restore everyone if that's what you wish. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Ellie's like thinking, about it. thinking about it. Just hard sleep. <laughs> uh, right, like I feel like we kind of need it. The repercussion would be any events that happen while you're sleeping. Could we do shifts? You could. Absolutely. That's a very common decision. Two of us take a long rest. Are we in so agreement? How are we yeeting uh, Deoxys back into space? <laughs> yeah. I want to talk to the Draconids before anything. So yeah. if we all want to go take a long rest. I'm going to go talk to them. First watch, I guess. Great. We'll be on Schmidt. Just decide, I guess, which two are resting first. Cindy's probably in the worst shape. So she's probably like, yeah, yeah, a nap, nap sounds great. And like falls asleep standing up. Like just straight <laughs> up. Schmidt, like, I'm, I'm a... also in terrible shape. I'm at one eight. I was at one HP, so I probably do want to take a rest. Yeah, for for clarity, yeah, like I'm... for you guys for flavor, but also listeners, you guys are like fucked up. Uh, <laughs> you you were up all night. You were fighting for your lives. Uh, you were running around, engaging in combat. It was messy. Um, Cindy particularly looks like she's close to death. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that you guys I'm, are, I'm, I'm honk shooing for sure. Yeah. You're, you guys can be out for at least six hours. No problem. Nice. Uh, that leaves Schmidt and Elodie. What are you guys doing? I'm going straight to the Draconids. 
Okay. No, no, no. No BS, no, no whatever. Just going to walk up. What are they doing? Like, as I approach them. Yeah, it seems like they've relocated to their, like, the main estate where they all live, the the elder's home. It's it's the nicest looking building in the area. Uh, Part of the roof has been caved in. There's a hole in the top, but otherwise it is somewhat structurally sound. It is at the southwest corner of the village. Um, it seems that Renza's body is being cared to. It seems like they're they're draping some some foliage and some flowers around it outside of the door, specifically Tomatoma. Um, and you can hear murmurs inside of the building as uh, Jinga and Walker are chatting. Okay. Tomatoma's outside and Jenga and Walker are inside? Correct. Okay. Um, I walk up to the building. Mm-hmm. I, uh, how do I want to do this? I kick it, not to like break anything, just to make a loud noise. Okay. And I'm just going to be like, team meeting outside now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. And then I'm going to find like a rock or something to sit on. Sure. Yeah, there's, there's plenty um, of rubble and stuff. Yeah. And then I'm going to pull out the green rock and be like, all right, guys, you got some explaining to do. Great. Uh, your announcement of yourself is, is a little abrupt and jarring, and thankfully it doesn't really startle any of the elders. The one it may have startled would have been Tomatoma, but she saw you coming, and so she, she saw the action, and she puts down her basket of flowers, and she walks over to the little circle that you've designated as the meeting area, and your grandfather and Jinga come outside, and they look at you, and they all look very tired and sad, but also look at you with gratitude. And Walker says, what can we help you with? Uh, Start from the beginning and everything. Oh, God. Walker says, well, if we want to start at the very beginning, eons ago, the Hoenn region was made. There were primordial forces at work. These are legendary Pokemon that we are very familiar with, thanks to our history of keeping lore, as you, as lore keeper, now know. They are also legendary Pokemon that we met just over a decade ago, as they were brought back from the Fools, Archie and Maxi, the villainous organizations that once took place here. Groudon and Kyogre, responsible respectively for the creation of land and the creation of sea. That was hundreds of thousands of years ago. They've been around ever since. At some point, humans settled in this land. Rumor has it that, surprisingly, the first place that was settled was the desert on Route 111. There's rumors that there was a mysterious castle that was there, and a a king ruled over many people. It is said that of that population came the Draconids, First, they moved out and settled on the western shore, where Rustboro City now lies, and eventually found their home in Meteor Falls, where we are today. He says, should I make it more modern, or do you want to know more about this ancient past? Oh, fuck. That's a good question. Let's, let's start modern and then delve into past as needed. He says, understood. At a certain point, the original Hoenn settlers who settled in Draconid Village established a relationship with another legendary Pokemon, a guardian of the skies. 
named Rayquaza. They dedicated their lives and their surroundings and their homes in the likeness of Rayquaza, and he Walker gestures around, and you, you know, you have never seen Rayquaza before, but you understand that this general aesthetic that surrounds Meteor Falls, particularly in Draconid Village, again, this geometric kind of artwork, as well as what you assume is their writing system, is uh, somehow based on Rayquaza. Walker describes Rayquaza. He says, Rayquaza is a benevolent, green, serpentine, dragon-type legendary Pokemon who often, in the past, according to our scriptures, spent much time here. And whenever there was a cataclysmic event, such as Mount Chimney erupting, or a terrible hurricane, or things that would threaten the residents of the Hoenn region, Rayquaza would intervene. After saving us all, Rayquaza would come to Meteor Falls specifically to spend time with us, and eventually that established into a very specific relationship. Rayquaza at one point selected one individual to have a certain... Walker thinks for a second, he says, I'm not sure command is the right word. It's, it's almost more of a, of a partnership or, or a friendship or a trust. Walker says he chose an individual to be somewhat of a liaison or, or a communicator or uh, a person that Rayquaza could trust. And that individual became known as the Lord Keeper. And every generation, one of them would be recognized by Rayquaza as being the one who Rayquaza could trust and interact with more than any other human. Somehow, and none of us know, this became a hereditary trait among the Draconids. There has never been a recorded lore keeper who is not of Draconid descent, such as yourself. Does okay, Schmidt, that's a lot to unpack. Does Schmidt have any particular questions? Uh, not yet. Keep going. Walker says, all right. And he clearly looks like a little, uh, what's the word? Um, he just had, okay. So, you know, his emotion right now is he had an insane, crazy night. Uh, he met his grandson and he lost one of his greatest friends and family. And, uh, he, you know, he's just very out of it. And now he's recalling all this lore, but he has a sense of like duty. Like he knows that you deserve this knowledge and like a time frame shouldn't have to do anything with it. But it's, his expression is just funny. Um, and Tomatoma and Jinga also have similar expressions. Walker says, well, I suppose we could get even more modern, I suppose. At some point, about 40 years ago, can't believe it's been that long, I had a beautiful wife. Her name was Shreya. We ended up having one child, and his name was Faulkner. Faulkner was a very headstrong individual, very stubborn, uh, much like yourself, perhaps. And his cousin, Tomatoma's child, was Zinnia. Zinnia, before you came along, was the last lore keeper that we knew of. He says, Faulkner and Zinnia had somewhat of a, a bad familial relationship. They, they didn't necessarily get along. And knowing Faulkner, I'm sure that he had a lot of pride and he was envious of Zinnia's responsibility that Faulkner had no control to compete over. It just it wasn't fair to him, but that is just simply how it's been. That is the tradition. That is how things work. And at a certain point, 
As I described to you in a panic before all of this happened and Walker gestures everywhere, he says, there was a moment where we went to go gather supplies as we usually do in Fall Arbor Town and uh, a certain milk merchant was there and Faulkner could not be stopped. He ran away. And I haven't heard from him since. Mm-hmm. Okay. And next concern. And then Schmidt turns around and points to the Deoxys. He's like, what the fuck is that thing? Uh, Walker says, mm. to be honest, none of us here have ever seen this before, but, but we're familiar with it. It's been encountered by Rayquaza many, many times. And us lore keepers were always present. Deoxys only comes to the planet during a meteor shower. Deoxys does not arrive at every meteor shower, but that is the opportunity that Deoxys finds itself traveling here. To our best understanding, there is only one. This is the only Deoxys. However, we could entirely be incorrect. The reason why we know this is because, historically... Deoxys and Rayquaza have had a terrible rivalry. Deoxys comes to the planet to accomplish something. It's never been identified, but it involves destruction and death and famine. Rayquaza, historically, as our great protector, has always protected us and fight it off against Deoxys. This happening at this Millennium Festival was certainly something we had considered. We decided that among us, there was nothing that we could possibly do about it. It was either going to happen or it wasn't. And that we would do our best to protect the people who decided to come here, if that were to happen. The reason why we are helpless against this attack is because we had lost our lore keeper, Zinnia. At a certain point, 15 years ago, went to the Sky Pillar to get Rayquaza, receive its aid to help in the situation that I described before, where Team Magma and Team Aqua called upon Groudon and Kyogre, and the end of Hoenn was nigh. Rayquaza did end up saving everyone, but at a great price. Something happened at the Sky Pillar. All we know is that Champion May arrived there, and when Champion May descended the tower, Zinnia was no longer there, and May came back to us and returned the Keeper Gem, and returned Aster. And he, Walker just kind of stares into space for a moment, and he's just thinking about the situation and how perplexing it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a lot to unpack. <clears throat> Tomatoma says, we know, please take your time. So now that we have... Next question, I guess. Uh, this bubble thing around Deoxys. Did your Altaria die for it, or is it just... Like, fainted. No, it's dead. Tomatoma nods. She says, Yes, we Draconids have discovered, specifically me and, and my mother, a technique for certain dragons, particularly those with fairy affinities, known as Sanctuary. In fact, I described this technique to your friend, Elodie, and she seems that she has already a basic grasp of how it works. The technique that my Altaria committed this morning was known as Divine Sanctuary, which is a form of sanctuary with enhanced properties, but it is unfortunately very, very powerful, and as a result, very expensive. And it was Altaria's choice to commit to this technique to save our people. 
Shit, man, I'm sorry. Uh, Tomatoma clearly looks very sad. And she looks at you and she says, No, it was her choice. No need to be sorry. Jinga says, This is the first time we've had a good look at Deoxys. It's always been defeated by Rayquaza historically our, our drawings and he pulls out like a little script a scroll and it literally kind of just like looks like an old stick figure he's like this is the best look we've ever had at the oxus so seeing it in person is frightening however we've never ha- had it in place for so long we didn't know that it could regenerate like this we we had no idea what it was even made of this is clearly not of this world and walker says yes it was apparent while battling that we don't know how to defeat this if it is even possible it was always left to Rayquaza but Rayquaza is not with us and what would be the process of getting Rayquaza with us Tomatoma says the lore keeper must travel to the sky pillar ascend to the top raise the keeper gem and recite the incantation and Rayquaza supposedly shall defend from the sky and come to their aid Okay. I know this as a player, but Schmidt's going to be like, and where's the sky pillar again? Yeah, that's very fair. Walker says, well, it is a secret location, but as the lore keeper, you are entitled to know. So he gets up quickly, as quickly as an old tired man can, enters the elder's home and returns with a very old looking scroll of parchment that has like a green tinge to it. And he hands it to you. Do you open it up? Yeah. You do so. It is a map. It is a map of uh, what you can only assume is Hoenn, but to be fair, you don't live here, and it, you know, you're know you not super familiar with the area. And there is a specific spot in around the southeast corner, in the middle of the ocean. There's There's a designated X. And he says, that is the location. Of the Sky Pillar, our secret sanctuary. Oh, that looks real easy to get to and close by. Are, are you making a joke? The, the, just a little sarcasm. Okay, not I'm, necessarily. I'm gonna see. Joke, but... I'm gonna see if they perceive that. No, the, <laughs> they failed. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> Jinga looks at you and he's like, "No, it's very <laughs> difficult." He says, "You're entirely wrong. The ocean <laughs> is completely savage." Uh, it's there's often typhoons in the area and there's ferocious water type Pokemon and and in within the pillar itself and Walker cuts him off and he says now please we don't want to scare him off <laughs> Tomatoma looks at Schmidt and she says after seeing your battle prowess I'm sure that you and your friends are able to make the trek and she puts a loving hand on your shoulder Walker says now that, of course, we don't, we are not expecting a situation where Rayquaza's aid is needed, but as Lorekeeper, it is your responsibility, should another disaster occur, to summon Rayquaza's aid. He gestures towards Deoxys again, and is like, is this not a fucking disaster? Tomatoma says, no, it absolutely is, but at the moment, there is no concern. With the properties of Divine Sanctuary, Deoxys will never escape, under one condition. She pauses for a moment, and she says, While Altaria sacrifice is great, it is not foolproof. Should, and this is incredibly unlikely, 
should any ill-intentioned individual or group become aware of Deoxys's current predicament, they would be capable from the outside to eventually, after much, much time, destroy the barrier that is keeping it contained. Now, with us remaining draconids here, our time here may not be too long. We are coming very, very aged. So, over the next few weeks, granted, we should have plenty of time. And she thinks for a moment, and she looks over at Renza. She says, no, no. We must very soon find out a plan for when we depart, that there is a way to make sure that Deoxys is monitored. And the other two elders nod. It seems clear that they don't have a plan. They haven't really thought about it, but to be fair, they kind of just wrapped up, so uh, they're, they're working on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their buddy did in fact die, so they have a lot on their minds. That's, that's, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. Um, can we not just launch him back where he came from? Jinga says, how do you propose we do that? That's a good one. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. And they all kind of shrug, and they all just are breathing heavy, kind of looking. They they are at your attention. They they are here for you, Schmidt. You are the man of the hour. Walker asks, do you have any more questions about our history or, or your position within our society? Uh, 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 still haven't fully processed that part yet. Tomatoma says, of course, take your time. It's It's very much a lot to take in, especially after what happened this past night. Walker says, oh, I have something for you. And he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out like a little plant pod. And he says, I see your your partner Pokemon. It's it's far fetched, correct? Yeah. He says, my son, or sorry, your your father was also fond of far fetched. And for his teenage years as a youngster, but before he took off, we had a special project, father and son, and he smiles, and it seems like it's a fond memory. He says, in our garden, in this rocky soil, we were attempting to grow the best possible leak for a far-fetched. And, well, I fear that right as we were on the cusp of creating the perfect leak is when he took off. But I've been breeding this leak. I've been breeding it for many years. They, they only have about a, a two-year life. And this, and he hands it, he puts it up in your face. It is a little green orb. He says, this is a seed pod of the finest leek that we were able to grow. And I'd like you to take it and grow it and give it to your far-fetched. Do you receive it? Yes. Great. Walker seems like happy that he, like there, he seems satisfied. Like there's some sort of completion for an arc that he had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Schmidt's still kind of eyeing him because he's still sus on the whole family thing. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, shit, what do we do now? Jinga says, look, we get it if there's a lot of questions to ask and your brain can't handle it right now. We've, we, we've been, we've been there before and he looks very, very tired. Okay. Let's rest up, regroup, and then we'll figure out a game plan from there. All the elders nod and they give you like a little loving touch on your shoulder, your arm or something before they, um, go back to what they were doing before. Anything else? With that, yeah, I guess Schmidt, he's agreed to take first watch over everything. So I guess he goes to wherever Cindy and Gimli are resting. Cool. And then just kind of wait for them. 
sure. to finish up so he can rest. Yeah, Schmidt goes over there and they are out. Gimli is honk shooing like nobody's business. Honk shooing, baby. Um, and Cindy, if you did not know that she did not perish last night, you might assume that she's dead because she is just out, and she's <laughs> she's lying like on her back, like like a corpse. <laughs> Elodie, as another awake person, uh, do you have any intentions, any plans going on for while you were on this shift, staying awake? Well, uh, I recently came into the possession of a certain object uh, that I may now be interested in perusing for interesting tidbits. Sure. Do you wish to peruse this object independently or do you wish to share? Of course, like your party is not with you at the moment, but while you're doing this perusing, I'm, I'm basically asking, do you want it in your private channel or do you want it in a group channel? You can just put it in the group channel. I'll probably okay. share it with everybody anyways. What are we talking about? We are talking about Elodie at the end of the Deoxys combat. Identified Symmetra's journal. It's in rough shape. Um, not only are the last many pages just covered in blood or like not covered, but they're just unlegible. They're just drenched. Um, the first few pages as well in like the front cover um, were damaged by either falling rock or a Pokemon or something that's like all crumpled up and a lot of pages are just completely legible. They're all dirty and dusty, but there's a few that are in completely legible condition. And I'm going to leave it up to Elodie to provide some description if she wishes, but probably should maybe up to her, read the pages, describe what she sees. Okay, um, right, for the listeners. Yeah, that might, oh, and that might be boy. important. Um, and you can go from it's technically top to bottom i do want to note that these are in like a rough order but there's many pages in between them that you cannot read or no longer exist i see so have at it I thought that this might be a significant part of our session. So here we go. Yay. It's so cute. I love it. Uh, you know, except for the whole blood thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this looks like the first page has some sketches of the Swablus. Mm-hmm. Just an introduction to Sam. To read I, out loud. I could also read it out loud for you as well as I am a narrator for this. True, you are the narrator. You um, do play Sam I, also. Yeah, that's true as well. So uh, it's up to you what kind of experience you want to curate here. Well, I don't know. Oh! Oh, no! Basically, do you want it, like, from the perspective of Elodie going through this, or do you want it from, like, uh, an omniscient perspective? Omniscient perspective. Okay, great. The first pages that are legible that Elodie can see seem to be the first two. There are sketches of three Swablu, perhaps hearkening back to when Sam first met the Quackopaco. This is what the text says. This is the traveling journal of Symmetra Red Tree. I've given myself a work assignment to the Hoenn region to discover what resources I require to find my father and acquire them as discreetly and efficiently as possible. 
After completing a project in Lily Cove City, I embarked north towards Fortree to investigate a unique individual who may have had a connection to a creature I am tracking, who may know the location of an artifact that is essential to my quest. On my way north from Lily Cove, I was attacked by three Swablu, seemingly for no reason at all. Before I was able to defend myself, a group of inexperienced trainers stepped in and captured two of them, causing the third to flee. These four apparently are seeking gym badges in efforts to return to their homes due to the national lockdown. Perhaps they will be able to help me on my mission. The next two pages that you can read are quite peculiar. Um, they are in embedded in the book Landscape. The first one is clearly a decorated, ornate map of the Hoenn region that has been just affixed to the page. This was not drawn or made by Symmetra. However, there are some markings on it. There are distinctly colored blue circles on certain points of interest. Um, allow me to run through them, I suppose, for the listeners. For the, for the areas that the group, or I guess Elodie is looking at this right now, not Cindy. So I'm going to describe this from Cindy's, uh, or from Elodie's perspective. There is red dots on what is Lily Cove City, Fortree City, an area that is south of Fortree, that is uh, to the east of the river that was crossed to get to the Mauville. There's a red dot on Mauville City. And then there's three red dots in the ocean on varying islands that Elodie is not familiar with. There are other colored dots. There are light blue dots in the same area that is south of Fortree, that's east of the river. There's a light blue dot on what has to be Mount Chimney, and those are the only light blue dots. Um, there are some dark blue dots. There are... There's one in the desert in Route 111, and there is one at Meteor Falls. The other two are in the ocean, and Elodie is not familiar with these locations. There is a black circle drawn on the route that is south of Fortree City, where the party spent a lot of time. They stayed with uh, Mel and Key, that's where Grape Juice was caught. That's where the Weather Institute is. Who knows what that circle is for? There is one final dot on an island that is far to the east, outside of the main continent of Hoenn, and it is yellow-colored. On the other page, shall we, there's a strange diagram. It's a circle, and there's all these little symbols that are on the ring of the circle with different shapes in them, and they all connect inwards into a, a, a other sphere this is kind of hard to describe with words, but uh, there are two symbols that are similar to all the other all the other symbols that are at the top pole and the bottom pole of the inner sphere within this kind of circular diagram. Uh, there are 16 symbols on the outside and two symbols on the inside. There's some notes from Symmetra. What do they say? It says symbols. Are there inferred relationships between them? Why are there two removed from the others? What does the central sphere represent? Trace from Heart Home Cathedral. Does anyone have any comments about that page? I guess Elodie's the only one allowed to speak to this, but no, I, you guys can speak out of character. That's fine, too. Magnets, how do they work? True. Magnets, how do they work? It's <laughs> uh... the vibe. Now, clearly, like, this is something we can go into a lot for post-show, but also, like, I feel like maybe we should talk about the some a, a little bit right now, maybe. I don't know. A brief think? analysis. Yeah. My first impression. So I counted, and I think there's 15 little dots on the map. Yes. Is that correct, or am I bad at counting? 
That's we just correct. share it just so like people can okay, confirm cool. or or is it or should we just keep it to where we're only getting audio? It's in in-game stuff. Yeah. Oh, is it in-game so I, I, I do intend to yeah. share it, but the problem is is that like uh, uh, most of our listeners are not on Discord, so like right. I want to do our best to do it for people oh, who don't want to join Discord. It you know, it definitely is easier to describe the visualize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My first impression is the same as my last impression when I saw a map that she had with dots on it, which is that that might be location of plates. Uh, I don't remember how many plates were on the last map that I found, but they might equal up to all of the types, perhaps. And then maybe the the color coordination is like whether or not they've been found or something like that. Like maybe somebody has the ones that are red. I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to remember where we found each of the plates. Because how many plates do we have? Or rock things two? for the Atlas Stone? We only have the two? That's what I thought. Okay. So we Unless have... there were any in the Atlas Stone prior to that we don't know about. So we have the one from the volcano. Mm-hmm. So that's a light blue marking. Where did we get the other one? Why can I not remember? Oh, that the was from Master's house. Very found. Yeah. So that would be that's where the other light blue dot is. So that kind of makes sense, at least so far to my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, um, other, I mean, my a speculation is because like the first page she mentioned that she needs to collect certain things to find her father or whatever. Maybe the light blue dots are the plates, but maybe some of the other things are things that she either needs to get or has collected already for whatever she's trying to do. Like, they could they could all necessarily be plates. Um, the dots count, if I'm looking at it correctly, is 15, right. which does not equal the types. So it could right. also be the fact that they marked all the positions of plates that they don't have in possession currently. So if they have three True. of them... Then they all like they could be like, oh, they're known to be located with certain individuals, or they're in this area but unknown, like that kind of thing. So, right. At least that's my impression. The yellow one is kind of questionable. I don't know what that infers. The light blue is definitely stuff that we've picked up. Right. That's my thought. Because we literally like, well, we've encountered two of them, right? Right, and that they're in those locations: the the volcano and the berry farm. Right. That tracks that it's like, oh, we're being tracked and like, oh, we're they're in our possession. The blue, I again, blue, red, don't know what that implies. Yellow is also questionable what it implies, but I assume it's possession of individuals with a certain degree or red could be in this area unknown. But it seems like because that seems like more generalist that if they don't know where all the plates are located, then like they they're like, oh, well, their last known location is here or something like that to that extent. I could see that for sure. It could be referring to completely different things. Like it could just not be plates because again, there's only 15 dots and there's 18 types of Pokemon. So that's where I'm like, oh, did they just eliminate dots or are the blue dots representative of the ones and like the locations of what they grabbed? Like my thought was that maybe the two separated types, fairy and ghost from the rest on the types disc, maybe they have something that that's different than the plates. But that would still only equal 17. Right. That's not every type. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe normal is excluded. Is normal on here? Normal's in there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe. Need to know, like, what this is. What the... Oh, we should ask the Draconids. Do they know what the fuck yeah. the Atlas Stone is? About the plates and the Atlas Stone? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, since they they Shit. might have lore about it. If not, they know. <gasps> okay. Because they have lore going back, what, tens of thousands of years, apparently? Right. They might have actual information about it. 
even if it's not like incredibly specific, they might have like, oh, there were stories of. Right. It's well beyond what we know. All we have is like, because we know about that prophecy thing, right? That's about it. Like, it's not anything crazy. And we know that they do kind of kooky stuff to type specific Pokemon that also have like other underlying conditions that we don't know. Like, so it's just like, well, that's about it. Like, we don't really have much info. So, okay. just also, first hand accounts. What is the Heart Home Cathedral? Because that's Sinnoh. apparently where the type chart was. It's in Sinnoh. Yeah. It's in Heart Home City. We're tracing Sinnoh runes. So, yeah. sorry, I, we were discussing having two types removed. Um, does one of you want to give a brief description of what you see? Because I had a really hard time describing this image. Yes. Um. So, we're looking, uh, one of the core aspects we're looking at is a map of Hoenn with a series of different colored dots laid out across all of Hoenn. Um, some of them red, some of them darkish blue, some of them lightish blue, and then a yellow symbol. So all in different locations. Uh, trying to infer what those symbols actually mean is a little difficult, but because they, they're very vague, but there's plenty of them. Um, right below that is a symbol of a type chart. It's essentially in a ring fashion, labeling 16 of the types of the outer ring with one on the top right on the inner part of the outer ring, labeling as a fairy type. And on the other half, um, mirrored to that is a ghost uh, symbol, kind of separated from the rest of the group, uh, leaving 16 types in the outer ring of that symbol. So there's some inferred relationship between them, but it's not really clear what that is, because uh, there's definitely symbols involving the sphere around the outside and such that it's hard to tell. Uh, this was contain trace from the heart home cathedral in Sinnoh, uh based on sam's collection so it's kind of interesting i again don't know what this infers to just yet it's not very clear but hopefully we can get more information about that it seems like maybe sam didn't quite out. know either so yeah it seems like based on writing the notes and questions sam didn't really know what these referred to either so but it's very clear it's very deliberate that those symbols are separate from everything else for something not sure what that something is yet but I'm sure we'll figure uh, that out along the way if i had a quick interpretation the two symbols mm. being fairy on top and ghost on bottom mm. i had a guess maybe life and death could be Ooh, i was just thinking fluttermane <laughs> <laughs> oh yes That's the, the, answer. End, the true end of days fluttermane <laughs> being in existence it could be mimic you come on True, yeah. it's Mimikyu, actually. Disrespecting Mimikyu. Mimikyu's on the rise. <laughs> Mimikyu is the key. I was Mimikyu, I was trying, but I, <laughs> I don't think so. Mimikyu. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any more initial commentary for this page, or do you want to move on? Moving on to... Um, There's a lovely picture of Kyogre swimming, Groudon, with his hands out, going, oh, I dropped my thing, and then Rayquaza... <laughs> <So> true. <laughs> Rayquaza just kind of hanging out. In the yeah, there's, there's and a nice there's little also a little waylord peeking out, and he's just like, yeah. hi. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, this it's, map looks... Latias, it, Latias. It's not, is this not like a hand-drawn thing by Sam, I don't think, is it? Like, is this old? I, I described it, it as... That, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's she did not make it. It's inserted into the book, like maybe with yeah, blue or okay. something. Yeah, because that's it looks like that these this is very, like, deliberate, old-timey, like... They made this map out for the history books <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of deal. So especially with the writing too. There's like the written Hoenn mm -hmm. seems to be kind of like deliberately uh like 
I don't, I don't want to say ancient writings because it's definitely like clearly just like modern lettering, but looks like a unique sharp font. It's, it's like calligraphy style. Like yeah, it's, it's definitely calligraphy esque. Mm -hmm. Cool. Next pages. Yeah. Okay. Let's Again, do it. we'll we'll have to canonize um, Elodie like showing this to everyone later so we'll make sure we include that but right now this is just Elodie looking at this this is the description is right. Elodie flipping through this and again as she's flipping through there's a lot of pages that she, they're just not legible there's no information there but this pair is one that there is something um, I will describe what is shown there's another diagram of some sort it is a triangle with a sphere inside of it and there's like three other symbols one in the top it's a what it's an isosceles triangle that points downwards so the top left has a symbol of some sort the top right has a symbol of some sort and the bottom has a symbol of some sort and they all point towards the center um they seem to be obscured due to damage or you know just weathering because of the situation that this book has been in but uh they're all there it seems that the bottom symbol is the most obscured uh let me read the text it says tracing from sinjo ruins Portions damaged. Symbols hard to construe. Is this a map? A key? Bottom symbol heavily obscured. Intentionally damaged? Inner ring must represent something specific. And Symmetra has done a tracing of a circle that has... More, guess more triangles <laughs> within it there's one at the there's one at the top of the circle and then kind of equally distant at like what like 75 and like 105 degree angles um at the bottom uh pointing inwards so one on the top two on the bottom uh more notes from sam the closer i travel to home the more of the symbology i recognize in culture and old artwork everything feels so unfamiliar in hoenn on the other page there is a sketch and there's a note that says, best guess reconstruction of bottom symbol. This is where I will have Elodie make an intelligence check. Woo! It's the first time we've read, rolled dice today. <laughs> Woo! Baby, that's a natural 20. A natural 20? That's a natural 20. This was a strange roll where you kind of wanted to roll less. Um, Damn. Elodie looks at the symbol and she reads the note that's added to it below in sloppier handwriting. There's a PS. Sam says, looking at this after drawing, it gives me a terrible headache. Must have something to do with his unusual dimensional design and perspective making me go cross-eyed. No method to confirm the accuracy of my sketch. Elodie looks at the symbol and she feels terrible. She feels like she's going to vomit. And in fact, she passes out. She collapses on the ground and she can no longer peruse this book. <laughs> Elodie moment. <laughs> Wow, somehow you managed to crit fail on a crit. That's that's great. <laughs> it's really impressive, actually. Um, so sorry we can't talk about this book anymore until something happens. <laughs> so um, Okay. That's uh, is she in the area of Schmidt? Do I like watch her pass out or roll a perception check? Uh seventeen. Seventeen, yeah. Schmidt doesn't see LED, but he hears kind of her gasp and then the sound of falling to the ground and dropping an object. Elodie? Elodie? He gets up to go look for her. Okay. You find her. What do you do? Uh, oh, God. You say, oh, God. Uh, yeah. Okay. As you see her, she is clearly, like, not conscious, but she looks as if she's having a nightmare. Um, she is okay. sweating a lot, and she's kind of whimpering, and she's not doing well. Uh, okay. Um uh it's elodie elodie i need you to wake up are you just saying that yeah roll maybe like a little like 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 light like you know like face pat like when you're trying to wake someone up okay 
Roll, just roll a roll. Roll a d20. Rolling a d20. Oh, that's a four, dog. That's a four? Yeah, you um, you kind of tap on Elodie as she's kind of writhing, having a nightmare, and it only seems like it's getting worse. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. Um, uh, I'm going to pick up Elodie and then take her to Tomatoma and be like, help. Okay, uh, you do that. Tomatoma looks at Elodie and she says, how how did this happen? What did you see? I don't I don't, I don't know. Just, I don't know, man. She says, I, I just heard a gasp and she fell to the ground and then this is it. Um, Tomatoma assesses her and runs her hand over Elodie's forehead and says, it's it's as if this looks like a curse. And she is um, tending to Elodie and she she leaves her with you and she says, give me just a minute. And she hobbles into the the elder's home and she comes out with a teapot and it is very, it is very, very steaming. There's a lot of steam coming out. Um, and she says, could you, could you hold her mouth open? Yeah. Schmidt, okay. Schmidt does that. Great. Um, Tomatoma pours scalding hot water into Ellie's throat. Um, and with it, there's, you can see as it pours, there's like little leaves, maybe some sort of plant or herb. And in a moment, Elodie springs awake and she is coughing and she feels terrible. Elodie? Oh my God. What, what happened? To be clear, Elodie knows and feels that she like had a nightmare. She does not remember anything about it. Uh, I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, that's. Does this happen often with you? That's very concerning. Kind of, I guess. Um, I, I you epileptic I, or something, or not that I'm aware of. I feel like we would have heard about this by now. I was, I was looking in um, Sam's journal. You have Sam's journal. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe if we looked through it, you know, we could find some information about where she went, but. I don't know, maybe it's cursed or something. Tomatoma. Oh boy. Yeah, Tomatoma is listening to this and she says, I, I think we should take a look at that book. Do you show it to I her? Hmm. I don't want the symbol to hurt anybody else. I'll, I'll give it to her, but I'm going to put my hand over the symbol. Okay, so, so you're going to show her the page that you were looking at, but you're going to cover it up? that part right okay yes she she takes a look at it and she says oh it looks like someone was was taking notes you what why is your hand there what what are you doing i was looking at this when i well i don't know had a stroke i guess she says are are, are you covering something up what, what seems to be the matter yeah there's like a symbol drawn it looks like i guess that actually makes sense kind of but this the symbol on the left. I'm guessing this is a reconstruction of that bottom symbol. And if it did this to me, then I guess that makes sense as to why it would be intentionally damaged. Tomatoma takes a look at it. She not not the symbol you're covering, but the one that is obscured. And she analyzes it and she says, "Well, she's gonna roll actually." Yeah. Um, she says, I can't say I'm familiar with this drawing or, or what it's supposed to be depicting, but I do know this very much reminds me of uh, Sinnoh writing. In fact, very old Sinnoh writing. She studies it some more and she says, I think they had a different name for for their land. 
what was it? Uh, Hisui. Yes, it reminds me of Hisui. Hmm. Tomatoma says, if you had that reaction to whatever you're covering up, I think it's best that I do not gaze upon it. And she kind of gives the book back to you. It seems like she thinks it's like a kind of like a cute kind of journal. She read over the text and she's like, oh, this is interesting, but she doesn't think it's particularly important. Okay. Do we want to show her the the map and the type symbols? Do you want to? Yeah, I think I will. Sure. Ask her if she knows what the importance of those things are. Great. She looks upon the landscape pages that feature the Hoenn map and the interesting circular type symbol chart. She makes a roll. Not super good. She says, well, clearly this is the land of Hoenn. And she looks around. And she says, this is very pleasantly articulated. And she looks at the Hoenn text and she says, this is somewhat reminiscent of the original Hoenn settlers uh, language. She says, the shapes of these letters, particularly the last ones. Hmm. And she seems kind of tickled by it. She seems it's a really interesting map. She looks at the markings and she looks at Elodie and she says, I have no idea what these circles mean. And then she looks down at the bottom and she says, oh my, this looks complex, almost scientific. And she looks at it and she says, sorry, I, I really have no clue. Okay, well, thank you for looking. She says, of course, Elodie. I'll probably go back to looking through the book. Okay. Do you start on the pages after the one that causes you to pass yes. out and have nightmares and make you feel really bad? Yes. <laughs> okay, great. Um, this one's interesting. There is a sketch that Elodie recognizes is her arm, and there is a sketch of the bracelet that she is wearing that she got from Hoopa. A little concerning that this happened without Elodie's knowledge. Sam wrote a note. She says, when I went back to Sylph after staying in the house with a terribly loud wingle, the next time I saw Elodie, she was wearing this. There is absolutely something unusual about this bracelet. What could they have possibly gotten up to in Slateport? On the next page, there is a disturbing sketch of a creature that was faced within the magma hideout. It is like a zombie mudkip. It is very scary to look at. The text says... There were certainly things I expected to see in Maxie's old base, but ghoulish apparitions of the test subjects was not something I expected. The further I dive into finding my father, the more harrowing threats I find myself encountering. I treat each of these challenges as a test of my will. Thankfully, the party I travel with are decently capable and grow more powerful every day, which is exactly what I need. I would be lying if I said I wouldn't be upset if one of them got seriously hurt. Thankfully, they appear to be incredibly lucky. Schmidt particularly sending his newly captured Fletchender to retrieve a plate from the failed experiment without hesitation? It has been said doing so is impossible without incapacitating the creature. The group may be bumbling at times, but I have legitimate faith in Schmidt. Maybe more. And maybe more is crossed out. Oh, fuck. Uh... <laughs> any, uh, any comments about this? Nope. Uh, Elodie, who has the book? Wait, are you reading this with Schmidt at this point? I feel like you might be. Are you? Yeah, I think Schmidt's kind of yeah. looking over his shoulder. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I just kind of look at him and like... Schmidt just has like a deep guilt on his face. <laughs> Got it. Uh, do we have any commentary about these pages or do we want to move on? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any comments. Cool. Next pages? Yes. Great. Elodie finds the next legible pages. The first thing she sees on the left page is 
has has to be an impression like when you take an object and you put paper over it and you sketch with a pencil to like fill it in it has to be an impression of the atlas stone it has the same coarseness it has the same roughness um it's very very clearly what that is and there's comments it says atlas stone sketch had to borrow from cindy's bag while she was sleeping i don't think this group realizes what this does or how important this is to be fair i don't know everything about it either there is more commentary in the next page I had heard descriptions about this artifact, but I don't believe they accurately described how simple this tablet feels. It doesn't feel particularly enchanted. Heavy, dusty, rough. Clearly the sides have been damaged. Unsurprising for something 20,000 years old. Despite how it looks and feels, there's no doubt this is the authentic Atlas Stone with its activation. Allowing this group to carry this is truly the best strategic decision. Though they are reckless and often foolish, they are undeniably charming and come off as completely harmless. As long as I can continue to travel with them, I believe I can obtain enough information where I may not even need the Atlas Stone. This is the safest option for myself and my associates, despite their protesting. To date, I have discerned the location of 14 plates by handling this artifact without the travel group noticing. Frostbite has been indispensable in this regard. These past few months have been a blessing. These loud, lovable idiots have changed everything for me in my dreams. I am more grateful than they'll ever be permitted to know. And she drew a sketch of Soli, of Quacko, of frostbite, of cabbage, and of Trevor. Hey, we're not that dumb. Um, <laughs> he really hates us, huh? But also that's, loves us. Okay. That's, that's a lot. Is uh, is this the page that I saw before when I took a peek that I saw like that was like with the markings on the Alice Stone thing? Make a history check. Okay. Bro, I'm rolling off the goop today. <laughs> is um, that, is that a, is that a thing? Do people say that? Yeah, you haven't heard? <laughs> We're making that a thing. Off the goop. I got a new merch idea for you. <laughs> Off the goop. Wait, Off but it goop. makes sense because, like, Milsery is kind of goopy. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Anyways, it was a 19. <laughs> it was a 19. Elodie yes. knows for sure that this is very similar to what uh, she saw Sam sketching the one time that she peeked over Sam's shoulder. Uh, make a investigation check real quick. Well... I rolled another flat 19. Wow, what, what, what are these rolls? Jeez, okay. I don't know, dog. Um, it is clear that a page nearby to this one has been torn. Like, out. Mm. Not damaged, but removed. Ah. Interesting, okay. So, I'm supposing it was probably... She, like, made a map based off of the impression. The knowledge that she found 14 of the plates... Locations. How did Frostbite help with that? Question mark. Probably sneaking it out of Cindy's bag while she was sleeping. Yeah, very likely she was stealing it. I feel it like Frostbite's very, uh, stealthy. Yeah, I don't think Cindy should have the stone anymore. Just... <laughs> I don't think it would be... I don't, I don't think it would have stopped it if any of us had it, though. Eh, possibly, but... I, I'm a deep... I hunk shoe. I'm a, I'm a deep sleeper. <laughs> Cindy um, was bestowed the Atlas Stone. I believe this is the time to reveal that there have been several occasions where I ask one of you to make a random perception check, and all of those rules have been low. And those were all moments where you could have never caught him. God damn. Sometimes it wasn't even while you were sleeping, it was while you were doing something else. That's so funny. Uh, okay. Anything else about this page? Like, just a lot to unpack about this page. Yeah. Like, one, Sam thinks we're idiots. We are. 
two she actually does we uh, have you been playing the same game i have she likes us my int's like 10 i'm not that smart i want to know who her associates are i think she means us that was my interpretation my first interpretation who are the associates i think she's yeah, the associates talking about the associates don't agree else. that we should have the Atlas Stone. Oh, okay. Right. Never mind. Big flying metal bird man comes to mind. Yeah, she Was might she be actually working mean? more so with him than I think than the actual he evil was also looking at was the she... Atlas Stone, yeah. Yeah. Right, but was, was she ever with us when we encountered him? No. I guess not, right? No. Okay. Even still, like even Damn, if she... it is big could... bird man. That would be wild, oh. but I don't think that's the case. <laughs> Yo. But I, I would lean more towards that effort than I would her being just the energy baddie people. But I mean, could go either way, to be honest. Just based on the lore dump we're getting. But I feel like energy have more of a, I don't know, political agenda. Yeah, more of a political grandiose kind of and this is like kind of under the radar. Mm-hmm. They could be associated with each other, and Sam's also using them. That could be a possibility that comes out. Mm-hmm. But I would like to believe that they're separate entities, and we'll probably, as a player, operate under that assumption. <laughs> this definitely reveals like a depth to Sam of like she has an agenda herself. Yeah, I mean, we kind of low key knew that, right? <clears throat> but this this confirms these things. Right. Hashtag Schmidt was right. The next page, though. Mm. Are we gonna look at that? Let's, I'm ready. Yeah, great. Yeah. This is the last legible pages, and they're only partially legible because they are splattered with Sam's blood when she was struck by a supersonic meteorite shard. Yeah. Um, there are two drawings. One seems to be some weird, like runic symbol kind of thing, uh, and it has a seemingly a sun and a moon on opposite sides of it it's very perplexing who knows on the opposite page there's a full-scale drawing that is the drawing that she was about to show schmidt before she took potentially mortal damage there's a note uh we can read through the blood i did it on purpose it's slightly transparent um there's on one bloodstained page under the weird runic drawing it says just woke up from a terrible dream this is what i saw when i woke up I'm not sure what it means. My sleep has been getting worse lately, and I feel like I've been seeing things that aren't there. I know the Draconids have information that I need. If they can answer my questions, I may be able to realize my plan sooner than I expected. Strangely, I feel like I'm running out of time. It'll be hard to part ways with the group. They've been indispensable, despite me feigning inability. Or maybe it's worth asking if one of them would join me? Surely he wouldn't. Man, I wish I uh wish we knew what our questions for the Draconids were. Mm, I mean, you yay. can ask them about like the runic symbol. Right. I was gonna ask the Draconids about that symbol. Shit, yeah, that's they... a lot to unpack. <laughs> I didn't know Sam was tortured by visions. Didn't someone else have like a vision? Yo, that's like, so very... crazy. <clears throat> like very early on. <clears throat> uh Cindy got visions yeah. from Pumpkin. And from the Zatu, because it's like, I got this. I can empty my head real good. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Like, I mean, I just kind of had a nightmare, that, but I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. 
this the runic Does everyone symbol? remember oh. when we went to the fortune teller what she had to say about like our friends and our party or whatever did she mention a curse then i just don't remember that conversation um uh me neither i cannot remember yeah i can't remember either that was that was girls night right yeah, because Schmidt refused. Right. <laughs> I feel like... Uh, oh, I feel like she told me something about, like, be careful or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. It's, but yeah. I just can't remember. I don't, think, I don't think there was a curse, though. I don't think there was ever, like, a curse. I remember there was, like, some kind of warning where we're like, yep, we'll, we'll deal with it when we get there. True. But I wonder if, like, Sam being in the party was a part of that. But also, wasn't that, like, before the volcano erupted? That was or was that after? after? Yeah, okay. I think that was the first we thing we did exploring. after. Yeah. Yes, okay. The runic symbols remind me a little bit of, like, the Arceus kind of right. thing. Obviously, there's more to it, but that's, like, the core of it. Let's just take the whole book to the Draconids. Right, that was what yeah. I was gonna do, and ask them about the if they recognize the Atlas Stone too. Yeah, we're gonna have a whole long conversation with them about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cindy will definitely talk to them. Do about we want to do that? Is the honk shooing party still honk shooing? Or yeah, it's probably been like thirty minutes, but you're welcome to wait for them. Uh, Lydia, how do you want to do with it? Um, I don't have anything in my body to process anything. Yeah, this has been awful for Schmidt, dude. He can't even sleep. <laughs> this is like really terrible. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of of sleep before uh before we hear whatever the dragonids have to say about this. Um, yeah. Do you do we sleep? Then we okay. Do, and then so maybe we wait. <laughs> I mean, if Schmidt wants to sleep, I mean, I obviously just had a horrible attack, so I have no guarantee that I will stay up. Uh alone but if you want to sleep i can try and be the solo watch with the draconids no i'll stay up just slap me if i fall asleep so you guys are just gonna wait for the other two to wake up yeah okay um keep with the shifts both of you make con checks constitution uh flat 18 i don't have the sheet pulled up 18 and 6 okay schmidt Based on everything that happens, he is so tired, but his brain will not stop. He has so many thoughts and feelings, and it is incredibly clear that no matter what happens with him, with or without the Quacko Paco, from here on out, he will never be the same. Elodie uh, wants to sleep, but she cannot at the moment. Uh, She also doesn't really want to. She wants to wait for her party. But she is she's got the sleepies, but her brain won't let her do it. I know you guys have very different roles, but I have different reasons for that. So assuming nothing else you want to happen, you're going to wait for the other two to wake up. Yep. Great. <laughs> you do so. Uh, you let them rest a good solid six hours. Um, they don't feel perfect, but for the purposes of the game, they have full hit points and their party has full hit points. And, uh, you know, they they have been worse, we will say. They're doing okay. They, they're, they're in a mood. So they awake. What is your plan of action? Also, to be clear, neither of them know what you guys know. And in fact, uh, Schmidt might not know about the first couple pages unless you shared them. Uh, I'll, I'll say I probably did share them. Okay. Yeah, we had like a whole six hour. 
powwow with right. it. Did you let Schmidt look at the strange symbol? No, I was okay. going to ask about that real quick. Yeah. Are there any like blank pages in the notebook? Um, why are you asking? I want to like tear one off and put it over it. Uh, you can do that. Absolutely. Okay. You find enough of one blank page to do so. That isn't like bloodstained. Yeah, that would be kind of macabre. Yep. Yeah, you, you can do that. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I, I, I will uh, not. I will keep that page covered. But show him the rest of it. And then now, upon their awakening, give it to them and tell them that we plan to... I mean, we can talk to the Draconids now before we go to sleep, or I guess we kind of agreed to do it after we slept. Totally up to you. After sleep, just tell them, look through it on your own, formulate opinions. We'll ask the Draconids when we wake up. Thoughts? Yeah, that's fine. already that's sleeping. Schmidt is already sleeping. Fair. Yeah. Sounds like I'll a plan. I'll probably ask them about the um, Atlas Stone while you guys sleep. Just so that way like we can get some stuff. No, so this half of the party wants to leave the other half out, huh? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's fine. Well, let's relay everything to them. It's not like yeah, yeah, secret. Yeah. What's your plan? Go to I'm the Sleepy Nine Eyes. Okay, Sleepy Nine Eyes for Elodie Schmidt. Um, awake and doing okay for Gimli Cindy. And what are they doing when they wake? Ooh, the Draconids. Directly, Draconids. directly to the Draconids with Atlas Stone in hand. No other errands. That's just what we're doing. Yes. Atlas right. Stone and Necklace. Might oh. as well. Okay. They seem to know about ancient stuff. Has Cindy revealed that she's had this necklace to the rest of the party yet? Has she? I don't believe she has. I think I think it came up when we were in the church in Mauville because I think part of it was related. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, so I asked about it. I'm like, what do you guys know oh, about yeah. this? And you were like, I, where did you get this? I found right, it. I, saw I got it from it. a yeah. friend. Yeah. Yeah. Elodie knows about it. I don't think anyone else does. Okay. The two of Gimli and Cindy approach the Draconids. How do they, what do they say? What, what do they do? Uh, for clarity, Walker is sleeping. Jenga and Tomatoma are awake and they're just fiddling about. Listen, <laughs> I know a lot has happened. I know you lost your friend, but... And I, my condolences to that. I'm so sorry. Um, but there's a lot of mystery going on, and uh, we have questions to see if you guys know about, like, this tablet and stuff we have here that is that Cindy has in her possession. Just just to see if we can get an idea of what's going on, because there's, there's just a lot of information <laughs> that we have to kind of come to terms with that we're trying to figure things out. Tomatoma and Jenga, they approach you quizzically as you approach them. Um, it's clear that Tomatoma has been crying, as has Jenga. Um, it's been rough, but they are happy to help you, and they are very curious. They say, oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, what do you have? I pull out the Atlas Stone. Okay. Uh, do you give it to Tomatoma or Jenga? Probably Tomatoma. Okay. She seems wise. She seems trustworthy. Um, she takes a look at it and she holds it and, um, her arms kind of slump a bit and she says, Oh, this is a little heavy. Um, and Jenga like helps hold it for her. Um, and she takes a look at it. She says, well, certainly this is, this is very old. Where where did you find this? Uh, a a friend, uh, gave it to me. She says, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at it and she says, this, this looks like a map of some sort, but if this is supposed to be 
us. And she points at a certain area of it, she says. And that's supposed to be Sinnoh. And she points to it. She says, well, this isn't accurate. This is not a good map. Um, she's judging the cartography of it. Um, apparently, it is not precise. Um, she says... Tectonic plates. Sorry. I was like, uh, role, history, and understanding of <laughs> how rocks work. Tomatoma <laughs> uh, Toma may not know that, but Gimli would. Yeah. It's like, well, then it's very old. <laughs> Because the Earth over time shifts around, so the land masses would be in different locations. Tomatoma says, oh, wow, I suppose that may be correct. Groudon behaves mysteriously, and she kind of chuckles. She continues, continues to survey it, and she seems, well, just other than being an outdated map, what, what purpose does this serve? And she's just like looking all around it, and she's really curious about it, but she doesn't really get it. I I Can you make it do out, a glowy? Yeah, I was gonna send out Larva Star because it should glow in a couple places when Larva Star touches it. Not with the intent of becoming an alpha fire bug. Yeah. With the intent of like seeing the like lights pop up on it, making it glow. Okay. To be clear, Cindy hasn't had another fire type interact with it, and she may not know the result of this. I'm just letting you know. Do you still want to do it? Uh uh, who else do I have that we probably don't have the stone for? Pretty sure I sent Fang to the box. So we are we are only fire types. Okay. So Larva Star is as good as any. <laughs> cool. Um, Cindy picks up Larva Star and positions his delightful little body close to the Atlas Stone, and Larva Star puts one of his little little buggy legs on it, and Larva Star does not transform. Uh, Larva Star does, however, trigger an effect. Um, the, there is a glow from the Atlas stone and then one section of the Atlas stone has a little red glow to it. And it's all the way on the Northeastern side. It seems like, um, it's actually emitting a glow from the side of the stone and not on top. Tomatoma looks at it and she says, Oh, wow, that's interesting. And it seems to be even more defective than I thought. It doesn't even display on the surface. And she tilts her head around to the side and she sees a little glow on the side of the rock. She says, Does it does it do anything else? Um, I don't know if you saw Soli um in her alpha form, but or the form that we've been calling like her super powerful form. Um, that happens because of the Atlas Stone, because it absorbs I think they're called plates. Um, Tom so she gets like extra boosty powers. Tomatoma was like not really listening when you said alpha form. Uh, like she was, she noticed that solely became powered, but she's just not super familiar with the species. So she wasn't concerned. You say plates and she, her expression becomes very serious. And she says, what do you mean? Uh, we went into a volcano, uh, the Mount Chimney volcano, and we got a, a fire charged plate. We also have a grass plate. Uh, this information causes her demeanor uh, just to change drastically. And she says, where are they? In the Atlas Stone. She is now holding it without the aid of Jenga. She says, how do you remove them? Uh, the only way that we were able to remove it is like when Soli goes into her alpha form when she no longer is in her alpha form because she becomes like incapacitated or exhausted. It just kind of like on the ground tomatoma looks frustrated and she says i 
I would really like to confirm what I think what you're talking about. But you said that these plates have a property to them? Yes. She ushers you to enter the elder's little house. Do you do so? Gimli as well. Yes. Yes. She says, if she says, listen, I do not understand what exactly this stone is besides a bad map, but what you may be describing is something very, very serious and very, very secret. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we've been having to play keep away with some people with this stone for a while. So we assume it's obviously very important. <laughs> she says, I, I don't know anything about the stone, but you, for your safety, you must not let anyone know that you possess any plates. Do you understand? Okay. She says, you said that you believe that you are in possession of two and they are somehow stored inside of this and they are what properties? Fire and grass. She says, understood. Jinga kind of steps in and he says, to our understanding, kept within the lore keepers draconid scriptures, there is a greater history that goes beyond our own within the Hoenn region. And it has to do with the entire planet. And Toma Toma nods and she says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she says, in Sinnoh, they worship this creator as a deity, the one who created everything. And Jinga says, yes. And their name is Arceus. Tomatoma takes a turn to speak. And she says, it is said in Sinnoh, or properly Hisui, that Arceus created everything, including people and Pokemon. Jinga says, in the past, it is storied that people and Pokemon used to not be so different. Although we do not know entirely what that means. Tomatoma nods and she says, these plates are the embodiment of what gives Pokemon their unique powers. It is said that Arceus created them originally as a gift, not to Pokemon, but to people. Jinga agrees, and he says, We aren't fully fluent in Archaeism as the dominant religion in Hisui, in Sinnoh, excuse me. But it is believed that the humans did something to upset Arceus a long, long time ago. And Tomatoma says, yes. And that is when the powers of the plates were distributed to the creatures that we call Pokemon. Jenga says, I personally don't know much else about this, but if you truly possess these plates of Arceus, you may possess a power that no one on the planet can compete with. And they seem just like very stoic and honestly a little surprised that these random people who are traveling with the last surviving lore keeper have so much just such a ridiculously valuable artifact despite the fact that they don't see it they are taking your word as truth i also pull out my uh necklace and uh say uh, my friend who gave me this stone uh who said it was the alice stone um she also gave me this necklace uh jinga looks at it and he says immediately yes that is the symbol of arceus tomatoma says may i see that for a moment yeah, absolutely. I take it off. Cool. She... This is also the first time Gimli's seeing it as well. True, true. Um, What's that? 
Gimli may be slightly more familiar with what they're talking about, just culturally, um, by the way. You can flavor that however much you want. But Tomatoma is going to investigate the necklace. Thankfully, she rolls well. Very good for you. She says, incredible. I am personally a, a fan of jewelry myself, but this is no ordinary ornament. She says, not only is this extremely fine gold and legitimate emeralds inlaid, she says, this appears to be a blessed artifact. With the blessing, I do not know, but along with what you describe as the Atlas Stone, you should also keep this personal and private. And she hands it back to you. I have been. This is the first time Gimli's even seen it. Yeah. I put it back on, tuck it back in my shirt. Well, you say it's lucky that makes sense based on your track record. I have no idea what you're talking about. Of course you don't. You've been unconscious most of the time. Uh, Tomatoma and Jenga don't necessarily have much to help you with unless you have more questions, which is fine. But um, they do impart to Cindy specifically as the possessor of these items to be very, very careful. Will do. Thank you. Uh, do any of your, like, since you seem to have a lot of lore-related things um, or history, does anything in your history talk about any of these things or not really? Or aside from what you've told us. Tomatoma and Jinga look at each other and they look at you and they say, we may know about one thing specifically, but we insist that Schmidt be present. Fair enough. That's fair. He's, he's just taking a little nappy nap. They say, very well, we will wait for him to awake. Sounds good. Is there anything else that the two of you would like to do while you wait for your friends to awaken? Are any of our other friends awake? Like anybody else who stuck around to fight? Um, yeah, roll a perception. <laughs> That's a three. That's a three? Great. Um, there are people about, you don't necessarily recognize them. You see the two most obvious things. This may be the first time, well, no, never mind. You don't notice this one, but I will describe it. Gimli, give me perception. Uh, 18. That's great. Um, Use your actual eyes. Yeah. Gimli <laughs> notices that perhaps part of why they hear the pleasant ocean waves crashing against the cliff so nicely is that um, the part of the decorated northern wall that turned out to be the mountain is just not there. There's just a hole in the wall where there used to be a gargantuan Tyranitar, which just exposes more of the brilliant ocean, but where did the mountain go? Who knows? What Cindy notices can't really be unnoticed as she is approached by Scarlet. Uh, Scarlet has a wrapping on her leg, and she is wearing a backpack, and her Absol is next to her. And she says, well, that was pretty crazy, wasn't it? And she seems very chipper and excited. Yeah, that was awesome. She says, hey, it was cool meeting you. And she holds out her hand for a handshake. Yeah, I shake her hand. Cool. You do that. Um, roll. Just roll a d20. Seven. Cool. Good. She breaks the handshake and she waves at Cindy specifically, but also kind of at like a Gimli. And she says, hope you two stay out of trouble. I'm going to hit the road. And she turns around with Absol and Absol gives like a little nod. As she is far enough away to no longer interact with unless you want to say something. I say bye. Okay. Yeah. Have fun. Be safe. 
Yeah, thank you for your help. <laughs> yeah. As you exchange goodbyes, uh, Cindy notices that she has been slipped an item into the handshake. She has been given a dice that is made out of bone. It is a D6. Hmm. It is kind of creepy, but also kind of cool. I uh, tuck it so that way uh, Bean doesn't eat it. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Put that in your inventory, please. Please write it down. D6 bone dice. Yep. I guess it's die. It is die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How embarrassing to me for me to say that on recording. It's fine. <laughs> Gimli rolled high enough that I also want to describe that Gimli sees a bunch of local resident Pokemon, which he assumes are wild, that are migrating into town from the cave depths. And it seems like they are helping. It seems like they are helping to put the destroyed stage back together around Deoxys. They are looking warily at the Deoxys that is just in a bubble in the middle of town, but they are kind of working around it and Deoxys' eyes track them, but it is unmoving. Um, They are helping to put buildings back together and they are tending to the garden and some of them are carrying water over to it and they are generally like walking around and checking in with the elders and it seems like they're helping. There's a large variety of them. Some of them you recognize from uh, being in the depths when you were exploring earlier, including a significant trio that we will call the... uh, The Stellar Rock types, maybe? Or the, the, you know, the three... The Lunatone, the Soul Rock, and the Minior, they're kind of like, they seem to be buddies, and they are assisting the elders with things that they need within the village. Anything else for you two? Is a homeboy we rescued okay? Zavo? Yes. To your knowledge, you do not see him, you don't know where he is. Okay. But you do not see him get badly hurt, so who knows? Neat. Guess I kind of go back and vibe near where Sh- Schmidt and uh, Elodie are sleeping. Okay. You do that. Anything for Gimli? Um, no, I think think just backtracking is good. Cool. Um, you wait for them to wake? You do so. At this point, it's, uh, it's kind of evening. We'll just say that you guys like fiddled with your Pokemon, maybe like, you know, um, cleaned them up or helped the elders with minute tasks. You were doing stuff. Uh, if you have any flavor, please interject. But that's just what I'm assuming you guys were doing. Maybe, maybe you took a nap or something. Who knows? Okay. Maybe what? Took a, took another nap or something. You can... Oh, okay. Yeah. Anywho, the party is all... I was going to say sentient. They're all awake. <laughs> They're all present. Oh, sentient. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we we have Sam and I as the DM have doubts if they're all sentient, but that is different. It's kind of evening again. It's like late already, but again, it's like very calm. Uh, All of you are strangely glad to not be seeing a meteor shower. Um, It's a clear night sky. And again, you clearly hear the ocean waves crashing against the rocky cliffs to the north. What is your plan of action? Uh, Relay the information that we got to... Elodie and Schmidt. Great. And say they wanted to give us more information, but they wanted Schmidt involved. You do that. Oh, good. You know, of course. That's that's exactly, yeah, what I thought would happen. Yep. Just more shit for Schmidt. Schmidt. Okay. Schmidt's like on the verge of a mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Even though he just woke up. That's totally reasonable. Yes, that is very reasonable. Anything flavor-wise, or do you just go straight there? 
It's right there, I guess. I'm gonna emit, uh, have cabbage emit a little calming uh, lavender scent. Love it. Roll a charisma for cabbage. Uh, 13. 13. It's pretty nice. It's pretty good. Uh, it does kind of help ease everyone a little bit. Um, that was the goal. Yeah. So <laughs> that is what it's for. Yes. You all march over to the Draconids. And this time it is Tomatoma and Walker who are present. Jenga is snoozing. Um, Tomatoma looks very tired. It seems like this whole time, this whole day has passed. She hasn't slept at all. Walker appropriately says, hello, everyone. What, what can we do for you? We need your ancient texts. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell yeah. Walker says, all right, here you go. Have them all. He pulls out a bunch of scrolls. Here's everything. Yeah. No. What What do you say? I guess I kind of relate like what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. With the Atlas Stone? Yeah. Okay. Walker says, yes, Tomatoma filled me in. I'd be happy to discuss what I, I think she wanted to s- discuss with you all here. And Tomatoma tiredly kind of looks at Walker and nods. Walker says, we as a people do not know very much about the lore or the history about Arceus and the plates as it is not part of our culture. We are aware of its existence and we are aware it's very serious, but it is not part of anything culturally or religiously that we practice. However, whatever the scriptures may say about Archaeism, we may have some belief that there is some confirmation about this history or this religion. And he summons forth one of the random Pokemon that seemed to be helping the village. And it is a cute little baby snake looking Pokemon. It's a serpent. It has like tiny little wings on its head. It's got a big old nose. It's very cute. It kind of slithers up and it looks at you guys and it smiles. Walker says... May you produce the artifact? Am I producing my artifact or is Cindy producing her artifact? He's speaking yeah. to Cindy. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, it was very clear. Yeah, yep. Sorry. I pull out my my rock. Great. He says, please let this Dratini interact with it. Yeah, I hold it towards Dratini. Great. As everyone can see, um, something that Cindy saw privately earlier before Deoxys arrived, there are little red lights that light up the Atlas Stone in all sorts of places. It's all over the place. Walker says, "We. I was told that you may in fact be in possession of Arceus plates, which is something that I can't even begin to comprehend or explain to you how important that is. But as the Draconids, we have been very in tune with the Pokemon of our people, the dragon types. And thanks to our lore keepers of history, we are aware of a legend, a story, a rumor that the power of the dragon plate was so unstable that it shattered into hundreds of pieces. And some of those pieces were located by certain very lucky dragons at the time of the shattering. And they enhanced their powers in specific and unique ways. We, the Draconids, believe that the dragon plate that belonged to Arceus at one point, then belonged to the humans, and now belongs to the Pokemon, does not actually exist as one piece. We don't know for the purposes of your adventure how important that information is. Who knows how it all works. But the the arcane power of the dragon plates could not be held together. That is what we know, and we wanted to make sure that the lore keeper was present for that dissemination of information. Well, that's interesting. That and why was exp- it important that I was here? Walker says, For all matters of the history and the culture of the Draconid tribe, our lore keeper should be involved as this is secret information 
Okay. Walker and Tomatoma express Tomatoma specifically says we cannot begin to describe how grateful we are for all of you for for many reasons for for introducing us to Schmidt our new and only lore keeper for helping us defend against Deoxys our ancient enemy we quite literally probably all of us would have perished without your help so you have our endless gratitude they say we know that you are a group of adventurers and that you probably have things that you need to have done. However, let it be known that you may stay in Dracknet Village as long as you like and return whenever you like. And Walker makes a joke and he says, yeah, just be sure to ignore the evil alien that lives in the center of town when you come visit and it'll be great. <laughs> they ask if they may do anything for the four of you. Um... I did have one more question. If any of them recognized the symbol on the last page of the journal. Sure, the one with the blood stain on it? Yes. Walker will take a look this time because Tomatoma doesn't feel like looking at anything, especially not blood at the moment. She's been doing some healing. Uh, Walker examines it. He looks at Elodie and he says, Well, I recognize part of it, but... And he kind of traces around um, the, the darkest lines, the outer circle with the points that intersect in the middle. He says, uh, this reminds me of what we were just talking about, actually, involving archaism. But besides that, he shakes his head. He says, I do not recognize this. Okay. I have a question for the party. Mm-hmm. What are they doing next? That's yeah, what I'm trying to think of. Find Sam. Yeah, that's kind of my priority, but we really don't have any leads. Can this might be a stretch, but can Key Lime like psychic mentally try and reach out to Kaz and be like, "Ayo." Yeah, I mean, I can try. There's no hurt in that. Sure. Do you send out Key Lime? Yes. You do so. Keylime hits the field. She is uh, very relaxed. She's very in touch with Elodie. And the last time she was out with Elodie, she was very stressed. Keylime right now is a little, like, concerned, maybe. Just in touch with Elodie, knowing that she had a strange experience uh, after viewing an image. But in general, immediately turns to Elodie and makes eye contact. And they're very in tune. Elodie, what is your command? I'm going to ask her if she can reach out her little psychic feelers to try to reach a very powerful psychic entity known as the Alakazam Kaz. See if she can, I don't know, identify some of his energy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Roll a d20. Okay. 13. Great. Keyline puts her little hands to her horns and she closes her eyes and she kind of glows a bit and she is focusing and she's focusing. And then she kind of uh, cringes and she falls to her knee and she receives 16 points of psychic type damage as she opens her eyes and she turns around and she glares at the center of town. Yeah, I had a feeling Deoxys would probably get in the way of this. I'm going to thank her for trying and put her back in her ball. You do that. It's... Maybe we can try again elsewhere, but... Does the party have any 
or I guess, sorry, I guess the players. Do you guys have any thoughts about where you want to go next or no? It's fine if you don't, but I do want to check. I think the game plan before was head south and go to the next gym badge, but do we care about gym badges anymore? As the Quacko Paco stands in the currently being rebuilt ruins of Draconid Village with the disturbing alien entity trapped in the heart of it, they gather after seeking the assistance of the elders to decide what their next plan of action is. Thank you so very much for listening to the 51st episode of Dunsparce and Drampa. Our merch store has been pretty successful so far. We're so grateful to everyone who's bought a mug or a hat or anything fun like that. And we're going to continue improving our selection as time goes on. If you have any recommendations, let us know on Twitter or on Discord. We'd love to see you there. All of our links are on Linktree at linktr.ee ee slash Dunsparce. Speaking of links, there we have our Patreon where you can get access to bonus content as Justin Wilson did. Thank you very much, Justin, our latest patron. With all that being said, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next Tuesday. They all kind of shrug and they all just are breathing heavy, kind of looking expectantly weeks arm spaghetti <laughs> no yeah, yeah, yeah. uh anything else you want to okay. romp around you want to do anything crazy you want to shoot your gun in the air i don't know <laughs> gun in the air. yeah i'm just gonna walk around the town just you thought it was chaotic before <laughs> i'm the real final boss <laughs> Nothing uh, says no. woohoo, we did it like some gunshots <laughs> into the sky. That's well, you know, Fourth of July in America. Yeah, true, um, true, true.